Hey, hey, good morning, everyone. It's good to be here with you guys and gals, of course. It is, uh, it's the day after, the weekend after. This is where, this is where a real family shows up. <laughs> this is where the saints come to church. The weekend after Easter. Everybody comes on Easter. Well, we're glad you're here, and we're so glad for all that came as well on Easter. And so we, we, uh, we're so thankful for everybody calling this place home. And our online community, we had a huge turnout last, year, uh, last week on our online community. So we welcome you, we invite you in, and we're glad you're there. Yes, everybody give a round of applause for our online community. Thank you. They're always watching over your back. So back there or back there or, yeah, not over there, over there. So uh, they're with us. They're worshiping in their, their pajamas today. But they're missing the community. They're missing the corporate worship. They're missing everything that we get to, get to have with hugs. Everybody like them hugs. Just love a good hug. <laughs> I need a good hug. Uh, so also I want to thank all of you for making last week what it was. You guys came in and you loved on people. And I'm telling you, the feedback was amazing because people felt welcomed in church probably for the first time. That's shocking. You guys should be uh, clapping and giving yourselves a round of applause because you love people and you help them belong and feel welcomed and loved. And there's something that just happens whenever people feel welcome and they feel loved. All those, all those walls start coming down and you can actually minister to them. Actually, the Holy Spirit does because we're ministering to God. God shows up. His presence does all the work and it just makes it easy. It just makes it really easy. So you guys coming in worshiping, having a heart to just love others, and with a smile, with a smile, just making people feel so welcome. And so uh, if you're here today and you've never filled out a Connect card, it's a little card in the seat back in front of you, please fill that out. We want to connect with you. It's not just to get your information. It is to truly reach out to you. If you have a prayer need, please place the prayer on there. We do have a team of people that are assigned, and they have are called and it is their gifting to reach out to people and connect with them and help on-ramp you or pray for you or just do anything that you need in that moment so that you know that you're well-loved. Not just welcome, but well-loved, okay? It's very important that a church does that as well. And if you've been here also for any length of time, as Pastor Stephanie said, Next Steps is today. We want to get you plugged in. It's a part of our vision. It is our vision at Thrive Community Church. So God doesn't call anybody to sit in a chair or a pew or anything like that. Calls you to be a part of whatever the church is that God brings you to is doing. Uh, there's a vision on the house, and God begins to lead you and guide you not to sit still. Sometimes we need to heal, but it's also he's calling us to get busy in the house serving him, all right? We're priests. We're Levite priests according to the word of God. We're kings and priests, and priests minister to God. They minister in the house that he's called us to. And so there is a ministry card in the seat back in front of you. So if you would, fill that out. Make sure you put your name on it, and then select a, a couple of boxes, whatever our circles there, and say, hey, here, here's where I feel like the Lord is leading me to use the gifts that he gave me. Next Steps helps you discover and identify some of those gifts that he gave you, okay? And so with that said, uh, we're moving in. We're, our, we're in our new series. We started last week, Resurrection Sunday and Passover Sunday. And it's Passover Pursuit Pentecost. Between Passover and Pentecost, there is a pursuit that took place. Now, 
as we know, Jesus in his resurrected body was on earth for 40 days. He actually returned pursuing the disciples. He met them at the beach of Galilee. Well, what was the response? Peter jumps out of the boat. He recognizes he jumps out of the boat and tries to swim to shore because he's pursuing now Jesus. And this is the context of this series because Jesus has already pursued us and he is in fact pursuing us. Our response is to have an active effort of continually daily pursuing him in relationship. Amen? And so in Luke, Luke 24 and Acts 1, uh, Luke is the writer of both. He records the res- resurrection of Jesus Christ. But, so we're talking about pursuit, but I want you to understand that there are benefits in the pursuit. There are benefits for the pursuit. There's benefits of the pursuit. And I can say, too, there's not a whole lot of benefit when we're not pursuing. Uh, Psalms 103 and 2 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Well, um, let's just say your marriage has certain benefits when you're pursuing your spouse. (laughs) And inadvertently, it lacks certain benefits when you're not pursuing your spouse. And that goes both ways. If you're married in here, you know what I'm talking about. In any relationship, there's a pursuit necessary. Um, There's benefits when we actively pursue the other individual or we actively pursue the relationship that we're going after. There's benefits that are provided when we actively pursue Christ because he has pursued us, yes, and he's done so much. And so let me give you three of these benefits that are found in Luke. And in fact, these are so foundational, by the way. These are some of those that uh, they take our our intuition, our 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 efforts in the pursuit, our action. It's very action oriented, but they're foundational. These are just like basic things, and and, and, you know, in a say, it's the same in the marriage. So when when you get married, you say I do, you say I love you, but what you don't say is if anything ever changes, I'll let you know. If you do, it doesn't work. If you do that and you live that way, it doesn't work. So there's a continual saying, I love you, uh, acts of gratitude. There's a continual pursuit, all right? But these are foundational. Is this revelational for you? Is this, like, this is the fact that you need to say I love you more than once is, am I healing marriages right now? And (laughs) am I setting some people free? Please hang in for the rest of the story because there's more than that. So those are foundational. These are foundational. And so the story of the the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, uh, which is about seven miles north of Jerusalem. So here they are. They're walking. They're talking. They're discussing. They're a little frustrated, a little sad, a little distraught. And we know these are not the two of the original disciples, 12 disciples, because one's name is Cleopas. The scriptures identify him as Cleopas. It's like, hey, you know Cleo. So Cleo from back in the day, so he and other homeboy were walking down to, to Emmaus, and they were talking. Well, we also know, some people think that one of the other one is Peter or John. We know that's not true because it says that they go and report back to Jerusalem. They report what they experienced and heard and saw to the other 11. Well, the other 11 are the remainder of 12 because one hung himself. And so it can't be Peter or John because they are back in Jerusalem. They are of the eleven. So just to give you some clarity on on the Bible, 
And if that confuses you, uh, I'm going to help you with that too because you're going to have reason. But the reason it was probably, uh, the two were probably of the 70 is because the 70 that Jesus also gave authority to go and do the works of the ministry to extend his kingdom. Anybody remember? Uh, they were well-known people. They were well-known individuals, and Cleo would have been a well-known individual. So these two are walking along the road, and they see a man who is Jesus, but they don't recognize him. And, and he says to them, hey, what's, what's going on? What are y'all talking about? Why are you so sad? And they're like, where have you been? Have you not been around? Are you the only person that doesn't know what's going on in this town, in Jerusalem? Have you not heard of the things? And Jesus says in one statement, what things? And I was, as I was preparing even this morning, I was up here on the platform as I do every Sunday morning, and I just felt like the Lord said this, I think Jesus is sometimes trying to get us to explain our position and our space, our setting of revelation so that he can give us a truthful resolution, a revelation. He can give us a, the reality of a situation. Sometimes he asks us, what things? What is it that's your heart? What is it that you think my word says? And it's not to get information, but to open your mind to see things that you didn't otherwise see because you were so dedicated to your way of seeing things. That's revelation. Okay. So they started explaining all of the recent events with Jesus, with Jesus of Nazareth, uh, how he was crucified, and how they now, he, that now they say he has, been, he has been seen, he has been resurrected, like the ladies have seen him. There's some women that have seen him, but Peter went, and went to see him, and he, they, he didn't see him. And so Jesus does this thing, this profound thing that is a benefit to those who are a disciple. He says it, Luke 24, I'm going to call it the fruit of pursuit. This is the fruit of pursuit. Luke 24, 25 says, Then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. He says, Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Shouldn't it be clear that he should do this? And the beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And so to expound is to, it's not a word that we normally use, we use the word explain. So he explained to them. So number one is he explains, that's a benefit, that's a fruit of pursuit, is he begins, Jesus himself, by way of the Holy Spirit, comes in to the disciples to those who are in Christ, and he begins to explain his word to you. Isn't that good? He, it's him coming into your situation, into your devotion time, and actually opening up the scriptures to you. We need to catch this, though. Uh, if you are a disciple, if you are a believer in Jesus, he is entering in to a moment with you, invited to reveal the things that have been written about him so that you get more revelation even about you. 
Uh, you don't need to know hermeneutics. You don't need to know exegesis. You don't need to know eisegesis. You just need to know Jesus. Uh, now, I need to know hermeneutics. I need to know how to exegete. I need to know eisegesis because I'm called to be a teacher in the body of Christ. I need to know these things so I can help break the word down to help illustrate to you how you can then go and study. You know, my job is not to teach you the Bible. My, my, my job is not to spoon feed you. My, my job is not to teach you the Bible. It's to identify and remove roadblocks, teach you how to study the Bible so that when you take the information content that you learn here and you take it to your home setting or wherever you go, your Bible study, your tribe, you know then now how you can study the Bible so Jesus can show up and he explains the Bible. Thank God because he can do a better job than I can. So when we recognize some issues, things that are rising up in culture, uh, I can take that. I understand that, okay, here's an issue, here's a circumstance, here's what's rising up in the world and culture. Uh, I take that into prayer, and Lord, what do you want to say? What's your response to this scenario, this issue of life that our people are facing? And he gives me places in the Bible. I go there, I study it, and I bring it out to give you a new lens in which you see now the scriptures as you go and read it and he shows up and he says I want to highlight these things to you so you know how to lovingly uh, speak to and communicate to the world another way Amen. this is really good these are this is disciple these are basic fruits of pursuit he explains Luke 24 27 so it says in the message, it says, then he started at the beginning with book, the book of Moses and went on through all the prophets, pointing out everything in the scriptures that referred to him. So when Jesus says this, he is talking about the first five books of the Old Testament. He's talking about the Torah and he's talking about the prophets, the minor prophets, minor prophets, major prophets, and minor prophets. Torah and the prophets. When Jesus or Paul are talking about, when you read in the New Testament, he's taught, they're talking about the word says, it is written, the Bible says. They're not talking about the New Testament because they are creating and living the New Testament. They are talking about the Old Testament. What they are talking about is explaining the principles, the spiritual principles and the reality that point to what was taking place modern day, their time, New Testament life. They were revealing truths of the Old Testament, of the Torah, of the prophets. They were breaking that down. So, so, uh, so later in the scriptures, uh, when the scripture would say this, uh, they are include. Sorry, we start to include the New Testament writings in what they are doing. Uh, the scriptures say they are talking. The, when they say the scriptures say they are talking about the Old Testament. Let me, let me move forward. The reason. I say that is because when we see that, we write that off. We, we think it's talking about New Testament because we see through a certain lens. But what Jesus is trying to do, he's trying to show you, show us, show the disciples that I have been here and the scriptures have been talking to me all along. He's saying, let me show you the grace of the Father all through the Old Testament. This is not a new revelation. This is Christ trying to reveal to us things that have been there the whole time, but we've, we've missed. Uh, he says, let me show you the Bible. He uses the Old Testament. 
Psalms 21, 22 and 16 and 18 says this, they pierced my hands and my feet. Sounds familiar. I can count all my bones. This is Old Testament. They look and stare at me. They, they divide my garments among them, and for my clothing, they cast lots. So how do you think these two disciples on the road to Emmaus responded when Jesus began to reveal these things? He's like, man, that sounds like something else that's happening. Um, probably this sounded like, didn't that happen last week? Isn't that what they did last week? That was written about thousands of years ago? And Jesus is like, yes. My father has been trying to reveal to me, uh, you, a long time. This is good news. That's what Jesus wants to do is expound and explain the Bible to you. And the more you read the Bible, the more he, become, he comes in, the more you understand, and the more you'll see Jesus through the word, all throughout the word. Now, Nathan, my son, Nathan James, he, he's... he's Whenever we're together, he likes to say, because there's two girls in our family, two, two guys, he says, Daddy, me and you, we're dudes. So, yeah, we are. You know, mommy and Daddy, Mommy and Sissy, they're girls, and me and you, we're dudes. Well, in light, likeness of what he says, uh, 40, 40 men writ, wrote the Bible, but one dude authored the Bible, and that was Jesus. He's the author using 40 individuals to pen the Bible. So that's why it's so consistent. That's why threads go all the way through and point us to Jesus. All right. Please, but so as you're reading this book, here's what Jesus wants you to do. Hmm. This reminds me of something last week that I read last week. This reminds me of something, a story in Malachi. This reminds me of a story, this reminds me of what I read in Psalms. There's things that as you start to spend time in his word and there's scenarios and there's moments and there's things that he says that starts to point you back to other devotional times that you have with him when you're in the word. Huh. He starts to explain his word and calls you to remember other scriptures, other places of the Bible. And then he starts to connect these places in the Bible to bring a complete thought. Why does he bring a complete thought? So we don't grab a little truth and run haywire and it doesn't have a fullness, the fullness to it. Oh, I like this piece, but I don't like the fulfillment of it. I don't like the fullness of it. I want to take this piece and make it my own. Well, hmm. so sometimes people want you to expound things. Let me give you a little more context. They want you to expound things. Like in a marriage, uh, you're driving down a road and all of a sudden your spouse not, doesn't have male or female to, to it, connected to it, so don't throw it at me. And all of a sudden, yeah, you know what, I think we should. I think, I think 6 p.m. Friday will be good. 6 p.m. Friday. And you're sitting there wondering, I need to catch up. I'm supposed to know this. I should know this, but I have no idea what they're talking about. Um, can you remind me what uh, is happening at 6 p.m.? We talked about it last week, obviously. Like we had a long conversation. We were with, we were with them, and, and they asked us if we wanted to come over. And you're like, we were with a lot of people. Who is this? Who is this? And you're searching. Can you expound on that for me? Yes, we told, we told Ashley we were going to come over, that we might come over for dinner. And yes, let's do 6 p.m. Gotcha. Gotcha. I, I know. Yes, that's right. That's exactly what I was thinking too. The more you expound on it, the more understanding and the more in line. Oh, yes, I can get in line with that. I can find agreement. Sometimes this happens. You're going down the road. You're going through life. And all of a sudden, 
God begins, he's, the little voice, the little whisper comes in and says, would you like to come to dinner with me? And then the Lord, because of your Bible study that week or the week before, reminds you of the wedding, of the dinner party and the, the, the story of the dinner party. And God is inviting you into a situation, into a moment with him. And he's using, he's recalling a verse and some things, revelation that he may have given you or he wants to give you. But he's playing off of the things that he, you guys experienced together as you were in his word. So he comes in as he, he comes in invited whenever you're reading his word because his, his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We invite him in so he can reveal his word because he's the author and all of a sudden he starts to explain it to us. Well, that's number one. Number two is this. He opens. He opens. So uh, now the two Emmaus uh, road disciples, um, they were going back to the eleven. Uh, he, they say, hey, we saw Jesus. And then Jesus shows up to them all in Luke 24, 45, says this. Then he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding. There's another benefit. He opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Now, this is New King James Version. In the NIV, it says, understanding is my equal to mind. Comprehension, comprehend is understanding. So look, let's look at it, Luke 24, 45 in the NIV. He says, then he opened their minds so they could understand the scripture. All same, same moment. They're now, they're disciples. He's gone to the cross. He's now resurrected, and now he's appearing to his disciples. They pursued him. He pursued them. They're meeting on a, on a road. He begins to explain to the scriptures that he's been pointing through his word to him all along. And now he opens their minds so they can understand and comprehend what his word says. So the question is, would it be okay with you if Jesus opened the way you think, your mind, and your understanding so you could understand the Bible? So that when you read a verse of Scripture, you don't wonder away, well, what was it talking about? What was I just reading? Well, let me just tell you, if you are a disciple, you have that benefit. If you are pursuing Christ, it is the fruit of pursuit. His desire is to explain, and when you pursue him, he opens your mind, and he begins to give you understanding. So th this, is what this is what the resurrected Christ did for all his disciples, and he's calling us to be a disciple of Christ. Luke 24, 45 in the, in the message version says, he went on to open their understanding of the word of God, showing them how to read their Bibles this way. Which way? The way that whenever they open it up, they can't help but to see Jesus. They can't help but to see truth. They can't help but to see his love. They can't help but to see his grace. They can't help but to see him in the word and then begin to see themselves in the word. This is really who you've called me to be. This is really who I am, not the lies that I believe in my head. This is really my destiny, not the things that I've settled for. This is really my identity in Christ, 
not the things that have been spoken over me, not the things that I've done in the past, not the lies I've believed. This is really who I am. This is what he does. He begins to awaken, awaken your mind so that you have more understanding. So we spoke about the legal, so whatever, uh, whatever the, the issues in the culture start to rise up. I missed this a little earlier. When like legalism starts to come into the church. It's my job to teach you guys how to understand grace so that whenever you take scripture and you read scripture, you're seeing it through the lens of grace. Same with, uh, let's say, a, a, a spirit that's entering in the church. Let's say like a, uh, a spirit of accusation or a, a spirit of a conflict or a, a spirit that it's, it's a, oh, what was it that rose up and, and it started rising up in 20, there was a con. There was a constant just bickering and, and deny, a division and conflicting. It's just chaos. So when these things start to rise up, we go to the Word and say, what does the Word say about this, how to address this? And when we see things like humility, we see things like honor, and then we take the Word and we, we take those lenses and we read the Word, all of a sudden we're seeing the Word through grace. We're seeing it through humility. We're seeing it through honor. And if you don't read the Bible through the lens of grace, through honor, then you will never see Christ in the Word. We'll never really experience Christ. We, we will continue to carry on a, a spirit of legalism, and we'll become harsh, we'll become hard. We'll, we'll think that people have to earn from us the very grace that Christ gave us. And so we have to see the Word. We have to understand. Our minds have to be open and a critical spirit is the word I was trying to come up with. So that we understand how to conflict and, and, and come against a, a challenge or a, an issue. And what happens is the more we begin to live out according to God's word in this area, the way he calls, the more that he begins to challenge, come up against any issue that's coming against the church. So... Legalism. Well, I don't have to deal with that. I'd just be graceful. Uh, uh, a, a, a spirit that is constantly, constantly attacking. This uh, spirit of, what did I just say? Criticism. The spirit of criticism. It's constantly come up, coming up in the church. It's coming up in community. Then I don't have to deal with that. I don't have to get involved in that. This is what, this is what these spirits want you to do is now you become critical. What, what is that going to do? So when I see the lens through humility and I see the lens through honor, now they're, they're, now they're fighting with God. Now that spirit is fighting with God. And so it's looking for a place to land. Now, when we start to read the scripture through these lenses, we won't see legalism in the Old Testament. We'll see grace in the Old Testament. When we read scriptures like uh, the, bio, the, the books of Hosea, we won't, see, we won't see what the natural eye sees. We'll see, oof. I'm not Hosea in the, in the word. I'm not a Hosea in the book. I'm the one that Hosea is pursuing. The church is not Hosea. The church is the one who, who Hosea is, is, is pursuing. And so God begins to give us examples as we humbly come to him to say, oh, goodness, I can lower my pride. And he is pursuing me because he is pursuing me. And the more I lower my pride, the more I humble myself, the more the presence of God starts to overcome me. So 2 Corinthians, look at this. Uh, how, do we, how do we handle people who don't quite understand the word? Um, 
if they don't believe in Jesus? How do we deal with people that are uh, unbelievers yet or yet to be saved? Well, according to the Bible, uh, their minds have been blinded by the little g God of this world. 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4 says, But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe. So if you believe, your mind has been opened to understand. If you do not believe, your mind has been blinded by the little g God of this world. All right. So how are we as believers to treat people who, who are blinded because they are yet to be able to see because of the, the fact that they have yet to come to know Christ? How do we treat people who don't agree with the way that we live or choose or choose to believe? How do we agree with people who move in from out of state? <laughs> how do we believe, uh, how do we treat people who uh, are, think socialism is the best way of, of serving the poor? How do, we, how do we get along with, how do we treat people who think differently than us? Well, how do we treat someone that we encounter on the street who's carrying a white cane and they may accidentally bump into us? Do we cuss them? We treat them with anger, saying, what are you doing? Watch out. Can't you see where you're going? No. We lovingly, gently help them along their way so that they can find their path to where they're going. It's the same way with an unbeliever is I lovingly help them, treat them kindly so that they, I can help them get to the place that they can't yet see. So it's not my job, it's not my job to make them come to know Christ. It's my job to be a vessel of Christ so that the Holy Spirit that I'm carrying that inside of me can do the work because no one comes to the Father unless the Holy Spirit draws them. I can tell it go of control over someone's salvation and how they respond. And it's my job to just be an example of Christ and love them and help them along the way for as long as the Holy Spirit says, I want you to be in this moment. And this is the beauty of the body of Christ because we collaborate, we're working together to get there. So we don't treat them with hostility. We don't reject them. We don't, cre we don't become angry at them. We don't argue with them because it, pr it proves nothing because they're blind. So we love them and we help them and we assist them. We show them the love of Christ. And all their little rejection tactics, we disarm them and we give them acceptance. Whew. Oh, okay, that's another revelation. So your mind has to be open a little bit more and understanding has to be a little bit more to receive that one. But it happens. It happens. And the only reason we can see is because we believed in Jesus and by grace he explained, he opened our minds and he gave us understanding. It's only because of what he did and nothing of ourselves. And it's our job, again, to pursue. It's our job to be go after him. It's our job to invite him into those times of devotion. It's our, time to spend, it's our job to spend time with him. But their understanding hasn't been opened yet. But it may be the fact that you're in an interaction with them, a transaction with them, a moment with them, that the Holy Spirit is using you to speak to them. So I had a guy one time who challenged me privately uh, over some things, principles of, the, of God's word. And uh, things that he understood the Bible to say. And he also told me uh, he wouldn't be accepted because of the things he had done. He wouldn't be accepted for the, because of the things he does. And he went on and on and on. And you just listen. You just listen. 
And, and oftentimes, they're already geared towards what you're going to do to judge or reject or speak against or tell them you need, to, you need to do something, whatever it is. But I just said, hey, I don't know about all that right now. I don't think he's worried about that. I think God is more interested in having a relationship with you. Nobody sees that coming. He didn't see that coming. In fact, the people that I use that same line on don't see it coming because they're so used to being judged. They're so used to being criticized. But I said, once he has that relationship with you, now he may talk to you about those things. That just comes with relationship. Let me just tell you, uh, I don't know, sometime later, I see the guy again. He says, you know that thing we had talked about? You know the things that I said? You know the thing that you said? Well, I actually now have a relationship with him. And yeah, he, we did talk about those things. And there's some things I'm still working on, but there's a lot of things I've let go of. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Because he does it. I'm telling you, if you just take the, the control off and take the, all the responsibility off of yourself and you allow Jesus to be Jesus, it is so liberating and it is so, there's so much freedom in it, but yet we're able to just walk with him and give people an invitation they can receive or they can reject. It's up to them. So uh, he's been doing it a long time. So number one, he explains, he opens, and then number three, he blesses. Luke 24, 50 says, and he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Now, uh, many people think this is just like a financial blessing. I think that's a piece of it. That's a small part of it. But when it talks about blessing in the sense of, uh, of God's word, this is like where, man, it just feels like everything that I do is a blessing. It just feels like, uh, feels like no matter what, uh, God is just blessing me. He's favoring me. He's giving more grace. It feels like, man, even when things don't work out, they're working out into my best interest. Now, that's blessing. Now, I didn't expect it. I don't deserve it. I keep falling into blessings. That's blessings. And so it's, that is what the word, when the word talks about blessing, that's what it means. It's holistic it's, it's emotions, it's my mind, sometimes it's, it's fine. When, when those things are healed, finances just tend to follow because you make wise choices. Uh, it's my relationships, it's, it's my decisions, it's my, my parenting, it's my, my uh, marriage, I mean, it's my friendships, it's my business, it's my occupation, it's my job. Like, blessings just flow. I just keep getting favor. Undeserved favor. Y'all getting the picture of he blesses. All right, this is a fruit of the pursuit. These are basic foundational benefits for, the, for disciples, for those of us who are in Christ. All right, like Luke 24, 50 says, and he led them out and blessed them. Well, see, sometimes God is trying to lead you. If we'll allow, allow, you allow the leading, let go of the control and start to yield a little bit, he'll lead you out to where he wants you to go. Oh, Lord. Let go of control. He'll lead you out to where he wants you to go, and he blesses you in that place. Things just fall in place. But have you ever been in a relationship, and you thought, man, I'm going to marry this individual. This is, this is the one. Uh, I can't wait. It's going to be great. We're so in love with each other. And then all of a sudden, 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 something goes wild. It goes haywire, and then you break up, and you're distraught. And you're like, that was the one, mommy, daddy. I thought that was the one I was going to marry. I was so sure about it. And then like five years later, you see him on F Facebook, and you're like, whoo, thank God I didn't marry that one. <laughs> that was an all-out train wreck. <laughs> Blessings. <laughs> thank you, Lord, that that didn't work out. Sometimes God is not working things out on purpose. He's blessing you. All right. 
So uh, that, that is humorous, but that's what it means to be blessed. So as a disciple, because of the resurrection, these three benefits from Christ take place and are available. Uh, so as a disciple, I'm sorry, he explains the scriptures to us. He opens our minds so we can understand them. He gives us revelation and he blesses us. So is there anything, though, that could stop the flow of these blessings, these benefits, these blessings in our lives? I'm going to give you the answer. It's pretty easy. Yes. Yes, there is. And Jesus walks with the disciples for 40 days, teaching them. And right before he ascends, he has to, again, adjust the disciples' thinking. Remember, last week, I, I stopped in Luke. He's telling the disciples the Passover lamb must be sacrificed, must be crucified. They're going to do this to me. The very next line in your Bible, in every Bible, says, now they begin to discuss who was going to be the greatest of them. Good Lord. Like, he, he's just now saying he's going to the cross, and their concern was which one of them was going to be the best. Is that not? And so he begins to address that issue right there. And so... He says this in Acts 6 and 8. He says, And therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Now, when they talk about Israel, they're not talking about a piece of ground. They're not talking about land. They're talking about a body. They're, talking, they're sojourners. They're talking about a people. They're talking about a population. For them, they're talking about a race of people. And, and it's not racial in, in its insinuation. It just means these are the Hebrew children. There was only two types. There was Jews and there was Gentiles, and there's nothing else. And by the way, unless you're a Jew, we're all the Gentiles. Thank the Lord for allowing us to come into the body of Christ, to the, to the body. Okay, all right. So he says, are you going to restore it to us? Is it going to be ours? Are we now going to rule and reign? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the season which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth and Henderson County. Amen. Hallelujah. We don't, have to go to, we don't have to go to Jerusalem so that we can serve. Amen. These are the disciples. They've, been, they've spent 40 days with Jesus in his resurrected body. Jesus has explained the scriptures to them. He has opened their minds and their understanding. So, so as much as they were ready in the moment, because the more you start to understand the word, the more he can open your mind. And then the more he begins to give understanding. And then the more you spend time with him and you begin to walk out what he's revealed to you, the more he opens your mind. And then the more he gives you understanding. And the more you begin to accept and allow him to lead your life, the more he opens your mind. Because you're not ready to carry the fullness of what he has for your understanding, the fullness that he has already laid out for you until we begin to yield more of our character, our nature, our heart, our ego, our pride over to him. The more we lay down, the more he opens our minds. And the more he gives us understanding. And then the more he blesses the more he's able to entrust us because he knows we're his. We'll walk it out his way. And the more there's conflict in our hearts that opposes God and his word, and the more we're willing to humble ourselves and submit to his word and his ways, the more he draws near, the more his presence blesses us, the more he begins to open our minds. 
It's a repetitive cycle. He's working things out of us so we can get, he can get more of him in us so that when we walk, he's guiding our steps and he's ordering our path and he's blessing the very destiny that he's already had us created for. It gets really easy the more we can become humble. And the Lord, then the Lord said, are you now going... And I'm oh, sorry, they had said, Lord, are you now going to restore and let us rule and reign? Are you going to give us the ultimate authority and let us take over? Are we now going to be in charge? This had been all they were concerned about through the crucifixion. What are we going to get? And here's what he said to them, no. Because it's not about your kingdom. He says, it's about my kingdom. And there's plenty of people that are still out there who have yet to come to know me. And I'm calling you and I'm empowering you to go out, reach them, allow the Holy Spirit to work, for, work through you, whom I'll give you, so that he can lead them back to me. This is the whole work of the body of Christ. This is all we're here to do. And sometimes it looks like business. Sometimes it looks like media. Sometimes it looks like the arts. Sometimes it looks like whatever the field is that you work in. Sometimes it looks like that, but it's because we're here to lead the people we encounter into a love relationship with him. That's it. That's why I exist. It's what I'm called to do. And I'm called to find new ways of doing it. He's like, I'm about to float away and none of you are coming with me. What I, I want you to do is tell them, be my witnesses. So let me, let me ask you this, is there anything that can stop the flow? Remember I asked you that? I'm going to give you a, a testimony of testimonies, and then I'm going to tell you that answer. So there have been several people who have come through this church in the short little six years and places I've ministered in the past. And boy, they come in, they're devout, God changes their lives, and he begins to open their eyes and their minds. He begins to explain his word a little bit that they can understand. And they get really excited, and they, 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 they I want to do something passionate for the Lord and with all good intention. And really, God's using moments to guide them towards him and to intimacy as they choose to lay down their rights and yield to him and his ways. I'm starting a business and I just want to use it to bless God. Or I'm starting this ministry and I just want to use it to bless God. I'm starting this thing and I want to use it to bless God. And, and God sees that heart and he begins to bless it. And it starts to get so busy. And the blessings start to flow. The financial blessings, the favor, the attention, whatever it is. And instead of using it as its original intention to be a blessing to the kingdom of God, they start to get distracted in their capacity. God's using it to grow their capacity. Can you use this to bless my kingdom? And all of a sudden they get so inwardly focused, they get distracted, they're no longer serving, they're barely attending church. And now the thing that they, they started to be a blessing to God and his kingdom, now they've just developed their own kingdom. So is there anything that can stop the flow? I can't tell you how many people have come through this church and gone just like that. And God bless that heart. He's never done. He's never done. He's never done. He's never done. So can, is, there, is there anything that can stop the flow in our lives? Absolutely there is. When we start building our own kingdoms and we forget about his kingdom. But boy, let me give you the prescription for all of this. 
when we humbly come back and we confess whatever it is, whatever the issue, whatever got in between us and do the very thing that was in our heart to serve and be a blessing to God's kingdom, whatever it is, we confess and we repent to God, say, Lord, would you forgive me? Absolutely. Immediately. Before you can get forgive me out, he's already forgiven you. Can we get back on the track that we were on? That's his plan. Now can I use that? Because he's, he's using it to grow our capacity, to grow our ability to maintain something natural on earth, to fulfill something very spiritual here on earth. That's his whole goal. I'm, a, I'm to be an inflow, to be an outflow. God is looking for people who are willing to come under him so that he can release himself through them. This is the whole purpose of God. And when we, we start this trail, this journey, with all good intention, he's going to test our hearts to see if our character can match up with the fullness of the blessings that he ultimately has for us. And if my character can't handle it, then it all begins to shrivel up. All of a sudden, I can't understand the word. My mind doesn't feel like it was. I can barely, I can barely, I, the, I don't know why there's chaos in my marriage. I don't know why there's chaos in my health. I don't know why there's chaos with my children. I don't know why there's chaos in the workplace. I don't know why there's chaos in life. Let me just tell you that the, 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 the favor of God is in the covering, but the wrath of God is just stepping outside of his blessings and his coverings and the things that he's called you to. He's not doing it. You're stepping out of his covering. It just gets chaotic. It gets stressful. It gets frustrating. It gets overwhelming. I can't handle it. You're not, you're not supposed to. He's just looking for people to do life with him, and he'll give you rest. So it's easy, and I'm going to lead you through a, conversation, through, a, through a conversation with the Lord and inviting men to your life. But I got to tell you, again, I can stand boldly on the prescriptions of God because it's in his word. He says in First John, he says, to confess to him and receive forgiveness. And then he says in James 5, 16, he says, confess to a brother or sister and have, allow them to pray over you and receive healing. Many of us are caught in a cycle of forgiveness continually and asking and repenting and confessing over the same thing because you are too proud to come for healing. Humility says, oh, Lord, I, I confess, I repent, I'm sorry I keep doing this, and, and he's okay with that. But he also says there's another piece if you actually want to stop doing that, and that would be confessing to a brother or a sister and allowing them to pray over you so that you can be healed. So how about we find healing and we stay, say get, get out of the cycle so that we can find the fullness of the blessings. Our mind continue, can continually be open. Our understanding, we can have more understanding. And then he can bless a path that he's already called us to. We're not walking it as much as we're just falling into it. So if you will, let me lead you in prayer. And it's just as simple as, Father, thank you so much for being so good. And I did it again. But I confess, and I repent of whatever it is. No issue is too great for his forgiveness. And I ask that you forgive me. And he forgives you, let me just tell you. But I want to encourage you today, this week, maybe at the altar team, at the altar, just to find somebody, say, hey, this is what I've been dealing with, this is what I did, and I just, I confessed. And I just need you to pray over me. And that's where you find healing. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. I need, I need as much grace as I can get. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for being so good. Thank you for always having a solution to our issues, our problems. 
thank you so much for what you have in store for us. Thank you that you see greater things than we see in ourselves. We love you. We bless you. And we just want to do life with you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Can I get a good amen?